0: Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is Psalm 27. Grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I am Pastor Amanda Zenzelow, and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon.
1: And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, so the world is getting a little heavy. Mm-hmm. The news is starting to weigh on people. Mhm. So we thought we'd return to a psalm as this week's topic and you happened to pick Psalm 27. So I did. Let's start with why? What drew you to that particular one? This
0: is a psalm of kind of triumphant praise, a psalm of confidence, a psalm of praise, a psalm of trust.
1: Okay, to sort of boost our own confidence and trust in the world.
0: Indeed, and kind of our trust in God. So in those moments when it feels like the world is falling apart, or things that you want to be able to trust in, or things that you want to be able to believe in are things that you can't believe in, things that you want to know are safe, don't feel safe right now, then a psalm like Psalm 27 can bolster your faith to give you confidence. So, This psalm begins with verse one, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? God is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? So it's these words of trust, a reminder that even though we may put our trust in a 401k, or we might want to put our trust in having a reliable vehicle, or having enough food in our fridge, or knowing that the weather patterns are going to be stable for us for some time, when those things start to fall apart and are things that bring us comfort and help us to feel like we have control in our lives, when that starts to go away, we can lean back on the divine and we can lean back into the promises of God and say, God is our refuge and our strength a present help in our trouble. God is our stronghold. God is our fortress. God is our refuge. This is where we can lean. And Psalm 27 goes on to talk about some harder things. And so in times where things get rough, Psalm 27 can sometimes bring comfort.
1: Okay. What harder things are we talking about? Go a little further in the psalm.
0: Well, verse two jumps right in. Okay. And says, When evildoers assail me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and foes, they shall stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise up against me, yet I will be confident. So it's not only when we do, do not have things that bring us comfort or when we're feeling slightly uncomfortable with the world around us, it's also when we have actual enemies. Okay. When there are people who mean to do us harm. Because that is reality. That there are times and places and spaces where there are people who intend to do other people harm. And whether that is literal war, such as we are seeing in the Ukraine. Mm-hmm or such as we see in Palestine, where the Palestinian people have been under occupation for decades, or whether we are looking at situations of domestic violence, Mm -hmm. where people are experiencing an individual who wishes to cause them harm on a regular basis, or whether we are experiencing harm being caused to people through systemic violence, laws and actions done through an entire system that cause harm to individuals, either through action or inaction, laws made, laws broken, things changed. When there are evildoers or when there is harm intentionally being caused to others, this kind of a psalm validates that. Mm -hmm. and gives it credibility and says, this is a reality. This truly happens in our world. And when those things happen, God is still with you. God is present in that. And speaking words like, my heart shall not fear, yet I will be confident. Speaking those words in the midst of that challenge, in the midst of the adrenaline rush of, being in conflict can counter the chemicals, can counter the challenge, and again, pull you back towards your faith center, can pull you back into different kind of rational thinking mm-hmm. and different kind of reactions. I hear what you're saying. And yet to practice that seems super, super hard. Oh, absolutely. Herculean levels of hard. hmm Yeah, totally. But there's a reason these things are in the Psalms. They make it into the Psalms, and this Psalm continues on to talk about, God, hide me in your shelter in the day of trouble, conceal me under the cover of your tent, set me on a high rock. All these things, like this comfort, these concepts. It's not that all of a sudden, by reading this, you're suddenly going to feel good and confident and confident. (laughs) It's not going to stop the adrenaline. It's not going to make you feel better. I think for me, when I lean into these, it's as much knowing others have felt this before me. Generations, thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people from time immemorial have known this feeling, have understood this feeling have called out these words, have leaned into this longing for the divine to protect, to keep us away from danger, to hold us gently. This is something that when we feel it, we're not alone in that. And even when frightened and tired and alone and scared and feeling overwhelmed and like everything is too big— Sometimes knowing that someone else has felt this, that hundreds of thousands of people have felt this Mm -hmm. for hundreds of thousands of years can give a rootedness that helps make the moment not as frightening. I find it fascinating that you go
1: from my heart will be strong. Essentially, there's that certain level of confidence to wait. Why don't you hide me? Why don't Mm. you put me up high someplace where I'm going to be safe and that complete 180 is really where the
0: realism lies for me, right? <laughs> yeah. It's such a real feeling though, right? That feeling of I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be fine. My enemies are going to get crushed and everything's going to be fine. Just please like wrap me up and like put me in a cozy place and I just want to hide in a pillow fort. Okay. P- pretty much. <laughs> yeah.
1: Where does the psalm go from there?
0: From here the psalm moves to my head is lifted up above my enemies and then moves us towards joy, moves us towards praise, and moves us towards giving praise to God. At the same time, there's this little piece of lament of don't turn away from me. Don't cast me off. Stay here with me. And that section of... I'm going to go to God and I'm going to be able to do this. And, but like, don't go far away from me, God, because this is really scary stuff. And everybody else will abandon me, but you won't, right, God? Because this is really hard. Mm-hmm. And it's all the different feelings of all the different places you go when stuff gets really hard. When you're going to a
1: psalm for reasons like this, How do you use them? Is it something that you pray through once? Is it something that you pick a section and use as sort of a mantra, all will be well, all will be well style? Or (laughs) is it just the fact that you're reading
0: it that you find most helpful? This one in particular, and this is part of why I picked this one. Mm -hmm. This one in particular is the base of a song that I have been leaning into for 22 years. Now, to be fair... The Psalms are songs, right? Correct.
1: Originally.
0: Yep. They have been used to be sung since time immemorial. Okay. Since they were written. But they also have often been used to inspire melodies and inspire music that has been written. And decades ago, Jennifer Knapp is a contemporary Christian musician who was inspired to write a piece of music based on this particular Psalm called Peace. And it's a song that I heard when I was recently baptized and I was considering whether or not to go to seminary. Mm -hmm. And it's a song that I listened to (laughs) get ready for this. Okay. On cassette on my Walkman. Mm -hmm. Nice. In my headphones, my over-the-head headphones. Oh, yeah, with the little foam earpieces. Oh, yeah. Flying across the country the first time I flew across the country and went from Pennsylvania to California to see the seminary. Wow. And this particular song begins with, He is my light and my salvation, whom have I to fear? And... It's a song that, interestingly enough, I still use Pandora most of the time Mm -hmm. when I'm looking for, like, random music. And my Pandora station, oftentimes when I'm having challenging days, I will turn on my Pandora station, my Jennifer Knapp station, Mm -hmm. and for some reason, the Holy Spirit usually will grab this song and turn it on first. Nice. Nice. Not if my day is good and things are going along fine. I'll end up with who knows what. But almost every time that I'm having a really challenging, hard day, the very first song that will come up will be peace. And it is based on this psalm and this entire concept of God is with you. God will find you. God will hide you. God will hold you. God will be present with you when you are facing difficult things. God is in the midst of the hard stuff and it will be okay. So that's how I use it. I end up usually finding a piece of music Mm
1: -hmm. that
0: matches up or pairs up with one of the psalms and I sing it and I listen to it on repeat. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) And praising it a lot until maybe my heart opens up enough to begin to believe it again. Sometimes I shout, pray, sing it, because some psalms are not always gentle. Some of them are angry, but this one is a little bit gentler. When you were repeating the beginning of
1: this psalm, I noticed that there was some masculine language in this, for God. Mm -hmm. How do we deal with this now? What do we do with this? Is it bothersome or is it just the way it is and you move on?
0: It's hard with the Psalms in particular, especially in the NRSV translation, which is what we typically use for worship, Mm -hmm. because the Psalms have a lot of masculine language and a lot of masculine pronouns for God. They use Lord, they use He for God a lot in the NRSV in the Psalm language. There are different things you can do. You can use additional translations. You can just change the pronouns. You can go through and change the pronouns to they— They is a perfectly acceptable pronoun for our triune God, and I've talked with some contemporary rabbis that I love working with, and they have said that it is perfectly okay to use they in translations for God from the Hebrew. You can find other ways of kind of avoiding pronouns, insert God, insert divine, different ways of doing that. It can get challenging. Mm -hmm. It can
1: feel clunky, I think, is what most people have a problem with.
0: Yeah, it gets real clunky. So I think what matters is maybe paying attention to it. And in this time, I don't have a clear answer. I think I am the most intrigued and the most fascinated by the response of my colleague that I really respect who came in and said, no, they is the better pronoun." For the divine than he or she. Mm -hmm. They is a perfectly appropriate. And that's coming from a rabbi who does not have the same kind of concept of a Trinitarian God as we do. Okay, And so it comes from this kind of opening up of gender concept. But for those of us who have a Trinitarian view of God, it can even help us enter into a Trinitarian concept of God. So it's... A possibility. I will offer it out there for folks who are wondering about ways to ponder interacting with gender in the Psalms. Ponder trying they, they them. See how it feels.
1: Are there certain translations of the Psalms that you prefer that tend to do that better?
0: Maybe not for the gendering, but I love the New Jerusalem translation of the Psalms. Okay. They're very, very poetic. There are also just some gorgeous translations of psalms out there that are not word for word. They lean into the poetry. They lean into the sense of it because the psalms themselves are written in Hebrew mm-hmm. and Hebrew is a fast and rich language that most of us don't
1: speak very fluently. Yeah,
0: And it's so metaphorical and it's so rich in its meaning that truly you can Open it up and let it breathe. And especially because the Psalms are poetry, Mm -hmm. there's really opportunity to let the Psalms open and breathe in a lot of different ways. So it's not bad to explore the different translations that are out there. Trying to find ways and making certain that they are respectful to the Hebrew is important. So you're not wanting something that's going to Christianize the Hebrews so much. Or if you do, making certain that you are aware of that choice, Mm -hmm. so you are at least aware of that bias. Okay, have we gotten to the ending of this psalm? Well, the ending of this psalm is interesting. Okay. The ending of this is how many psalms of trust end, and that is with a statement of faith. And it ends with verse 13 and 14. I believe that I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. This Statement of faith, something that I believe, and then verse fourteen. And this is one that people may recognize from Tize music. It's a beautiful piece that we use sometimes, especially in Advent. Mm-hmm. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. So, in Advent, we will often sing, "Wait for the Lord, be mm-hmm. strong, take heart." This is where that is from. It is from verse fourteen of Psalm twenty-seven. But waiting for the Lord—waiting is hard. It's very hard, uh-huh. especially in times when you're kind of peeved, <laughs> uh-huh, and you're kind of sick of waiting because stuff's gotten bad and there are evil doers around, and it's hard to wait. Does that mean you just cycle back to the beginning? That is one way to do it. Yes.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's going to bring me to my last question. You have mentioned two pieces of music that have come out of this particular psalm. Mm -hmm. I'm going to guess that the Jennifer Knapp song is your favorite, but
0: is there one that you favor more than the other? It's a great question and hard to answer because Wait for the Lord is really lovely. Okay, here's how I'm going to answer this. Okay. In community... Wait for the Lord is my favorite. You're going to pick them both, aren't you? I am. Okay. In community, Wait for the Lord is my favorite because of the harmonies and because for some reason there is something about that sense. Maybe it's because waiting is easier to do together. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. And you really like Advent? And I do like Advent. Mm Mm-hmm. But the harmonies in that particular piece of music are what's important, and you can't do harmony by yourself. No, it's really hard. Yeah, real hard. So I love Wait for the Lord in Community. Peace is a song that is deeply personal for me. It is a personal prayer. While we did sing it at my ordination, someone sang it for me, Mm -hmm. most of the time I have sung that by myself in my car and... It is a very individual, personal prayer song. And so I love that song for me in my prayer life. So each of them have very different purposes. And so that's why I get to pick them
1: both. Nice. <laughs> well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about Psalm 27. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic.
0: As do I. And in these challenging times, these moments where there continue to be changes and there continue to be difficult pieces of news coming at us left and right, I invite you to remember to breathe, feel your feet, maybe find a piece of favorite music, a favorite psalm, something to calm yourself with, and remember that God loves you no matter what.